Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Conservative Not Bitter Indeed, you've tuned in to Conservative Not Bitter Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. It is a pleasure to be here. And as Rush used to say, it doesn't matter where here is as long as I am here. And I am actually just outside of Albuquerque, New Mexico, as we travel uh, the country here trying to get... I tell you, there's um, a lot of... It's been a lot of uh, fun. It's been... Presented its own sets of challenges. We'll be heading back to Metro Indianapolis here in the next few, uh, the next few weeks. So look forward to getting back, but also have enjoyed being out here as well. And then hopefully the next time we head out, God willing, um, we'll be closer to doing some of the other things we're looking to do with growing the program. So anyway, good to be here. You know, I wanted to talk today wanted to kind of take maybe a step back from some things and talk specifically about what I think is the the biggest common thread, the biggest, um, I guess you could say the biggest commonality between the problems that we face in this nation today. And I think it's this battle. I think it's a battle about truth. I think it's a battle over truth. And I don't I don't know that it's the correct way to look at this and say that it's two opposing perspectives on truth. I think one side is actually trying to completely deny and eradicate this concept of truth. Truth, when I say truth, I'm not just talking about whether someone is quote telling the truth although I'm certainly including that. I, I'm, I'm talking in a larger sense the actual state of what is, the larger capital T truth, things that address core human questions, pursuits, problems, those sorts of things. Where do we come from? Why are we here? What is it that makes something right? What is our standard of Morality, what's the purpose of our government? Where do we get our rights from? Where do those originate? Which worldview most accurately reflects the way that we are intended to live? Questions like that. And that's what I want to talk about today because I've, as I think about this and I have conversations and I read things and I observe the news and What's going on? A common thread I see is that there is really, quite literally, um, you could say a war on truth. A war on truth. And it's my contention, and I want to be clear about this up front. I'm up, up front. I'm not a journalist. Some people talk to me as though I'm a journalist. We don't break news here. I don't, I don't do that. I don't do that. We take Actually, what we do is kind of the opposite of that. I know a lot of people want to be the first 
to social media to, you know, share a clip that they found. I don't really take any great pride in doing that. I would rather take a little bit longer and help folks think about things with the right questions and the right balance of, you know, issues, um, larger context sort of things versus the f- being the first person to say, hey, did you see Kamala can't speak about this? I mean, th- these things are not surprising to me. Or Joe Biden thinks that free gas cards are something that the American people might um, might be happy to receive, which is actually something the administration is has admitted was discussed. So, <laughs> I t- uh, you know, it's 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 ridiculous where we've gotten. I mean, they want to do windfall tax on corporations, and there was some liberal. Some liberal came out and said there's no evidence to even suggest. A liberal said this. Like, I don't have the name in front of me. I just remember reading this yesterday. There's no evidence to suggest corporations are engaging in some sort of evil profiteering, some sort of uh, extreme amounts of profit during this uh, this this time of high gas prices and inflation and so forth. But I don't take any what I, pleasure in there, there are people that are around the world that have direct sources that can feed them information and news that they can get to you much more efficiently. I'm really in, interested in piecing those things together and thinking about the issues of the day from a perspective that actually thinks about things instead of just rushes to the microphone or rushes to the um, to the internet to post something to social media. I just I don't get into that. I just I don't. I would rather have a thoughtful, <laughs> um, maybe even a delayed response sometimes to to get things correct in my in my head. I'm reminded, oh boy, am I reminded back in 2000, what year would that have been? After Obamacare passed and it went to the Supreme Court, I remember a bunch of people, I will not mention any names, but I remember people on the steps of the Supreme Court or effectively right there, ready to tell America what the Supreme Court decided. And some folks got it wrong. They erroneously concluded that Roberts, who somewhere along the line changed his opinion in that America Affordable Care Act case, Obamacare case, he changed his opinion, probably due to social pressures being uh, in the in crowd. I mean, in a lot of senses, folks, this is... I, Politics today, and including even the Supreme Court, and we've got a nominee for the Supreme Court going through the Senate uh, process with the Senate Judiciary Committee as we speak. But a lot of this stuff is really no different than high school popularity contests. And some folks have never, no matter what their intellect or what their level of expertise or how smart we think they are, they've never really either grown out of that. Some folks were not in the in crowd, and now that they've you know, they have grown up. They get to have an opportunity to be in the in crowd. And I think that there's psychologically some things there that tell us a lot about an individual in some cases. Some folks just never grow out of it, whatever the case may be. But the point is, I like to take a step back here. I think it's important 
to frame these things and to think about these things in larger context. A, because it helps me to understand and to process things better. It helps me to uh, communicate those things to you. I think a lot of these things you're already thinking, and in a lot of ways we're kind of working these things out maybe together as the show unfolds, whether you're listening on radio or podcast or wherever. So I want to talk about truth today because I do think that there is a a war on truth, and I think, I don't think, I know, that the ideology, the worldview of conservatism, especially, most importantly, when it's um, combined with the Judeo-Christian worldview, is is the right worldview. I, I just, I don't think that there's, I, I'm happy to talk with people about it, but I remain convinced beyond any shadow of a doubt that that is, that that is true. And I think constitutional conservatism teaches us, as biblical truth does as well, that we are created with liberties that are given to us by God. Those liberties are not the gifts of our government. Government is not our God. God is God. Truth originates with Almighty God. What makes something like, for example, patience good is that it's in the very nature of God himself. And what is moral, asking that question, what is moral and right, um, could be asked another way by simply saying, what would God do or what is the nature of God? And I think that those things, those things are not in the discourse in this nation much like they were at other times throughout, throughout her history. And I think that truth, actually, again, I don't think, I don't want to couch it behind that. I want to say truth should be the objective of our beliefs. Truth should be the actual objective of our beliefs. When we're trying to come to a worldview or make sense of things, truth should be the standard upon which we seek to apply things or to measure it against or to try to build a a worldview, build a government, build a society, build a business, build a life firmly grounded in in truth. And again, truth is the actual state, how things actually are. It's not what we like. It's not a preference. It's not, hey, I like chocolate ice cream. I like mint chocolate chip, as Michael J. Scott would say. Excuse me, Michael G. Scott. What did I say? Michael J. Michael J. Fox, Michael Gary Scott of The Office. But it's not simply a preference. It is what is, whether we like it or we don't. And so I contend that these competing worldviews today are not are, are no longer arguing, are no longer presenting even two alternatives to understanding truth. I contend that one worldview and ideology has been hijacked. One let's say one party has been hijacked the Democrat Party, by a godless group of radical leftists that are hell-bent on using government to actually undermine truth. They don't, want, they don't even want to think about the concept that there is a truth. And there's a lot of things that we can get into today. And one of these things I want to get into is this story about this swimmer, biological male swimmer who identifies as female, um, who goes by the name Leah Thomas, I want to talk about 
this. I want to talk about this. I want to talk about truth because it does matter. It does matter. Truth, my friends, doesn't care what I think about it, with all due respect, (laughs) what you think about it. Truth is. Truth stands firmly. It's an immovable force. We can try to deny it. We can try to explain it away. We can try to ignore it. We can try to criticize and mock people who follow the truth that we don't want to accept. But it doesn't, none of that matters. It is like, you know, we're, I mentioned we're in Albuquerque, beautiful landscape out here. I look at these, these mountains, actually we're south of, a little bit south of Albuquerque uh, in a place called uh, Belen, B-E-L-E-N, New Mexico, about 30 minutes to the south of Albuquerque. Just beautiful. Turns out, you know, there's been a couple of stops on this trip. I want to throw this in there. This is just interesting tidbits. Um, two things happened on this trip. Three things, actually, that I can't explain that just I find very interesting. One, we ran into um, a couple at a church down in Sarasota that we uh, that we knew, that we'd just spoken with um, prior to coming down here, which was crazy. I mean, they, that was the first time they'd been to the church, first time we'd been to the church. We didn't even know who was where and all this sort of stuff. Secondly, one of the places we stayed at was one of my best friends. Um, he, he lived there growing up, and we ended up going to, to his church as well. And the third thing that happened here, and we didn't plan that way. I didn't have any idea until I was down there. I was actually telling him where we were, and he said, I actually grew up there. And it was literally, I was driving pretty much right by his house whenever he he shared that with me. And the last thing that happened here was we are outside, we're in this town, again, uh, Belen, New Mexico. And my grandmother actually owns property. I knew it was in Albuquerque, but it's actually just a few miles from where we from where we are. Just interesting little tidbits as you... Uh, as we as we travel this uh, this country and so forth, but anyway, I want to talk. I want to talk when we get back after the break. I want to talk about truth, and I want to talk about the assault that I think truth is under. And I want to talk. I want to give you examples, right? We're, we're going to talk about Leah Thomas. I mentioned that um, the biological male who's shattering the the competition as surprisingly, right? Uh, as he swims against female athletes who are thankfully starting to stand up to the ridiculous policies of the NCAA. And I want to go through that. I want to go through other issues. And I want to use truth as our standard. And I think it's important because when we engage with people about these ideas, I think we have to fully, what do I want to say, be ready, fully accept that the individuals who oftentimes oppose what we would think is super common sense stuff, and it is in many cases, one of the fundamental reasons they do that is because they've either deliberately rejected truth, they've been misled into misunderstanding truth, they're just genuinely confused, but it's not because it's a logical Conclusion. It's not. It's not as though, and I'm not saying every issue that Democrats disagree with conservatives on falls under this umbrella as, you know, truth and you know, cr- trying to create a world that's absent of truth. But a lot of things are. I'm going to go through a lot of these things. A lot. Of, a lot more. In fact, 
if I'm being candid, this very subject is kind of the the premise, the starting point for why we called decided to call our trip across the country the truth tour. I think a lot of churches, you know, a lot of things that we call politics today were things that the church and the Bible had an opinion on. And I think that it's really unfortunate that the church has allowed issues that were not merely political to be hijacked by politics. And then many churches, and this isn't every church, do not misunderstand me. I've been very encouraged by the churches that I've attended along, that we've attended along this trip from what I've heard and what I've seen and so forth. But there are plenty of churches who won't talk about things that are matters of of truth that are rooted in biblical truth and morality because it's been hijacked by politicians. And I think it's time, it's long past time, that churches stand back up and engage on these core issues. I think that that's one of the reasons we find, one of the reasons we find ourselves in this mess today is because we've continued, instead of digging in the trenches on the actual line of truth, we've We've capitulated in many instances, not all of us all the time, but a lot of us, a lot of the time, right? I mean, generally speaking, I'm not even saying, I'm not talking to this audience. I'm talking about Americans in general, and you can say we've become apathetic. We've become, you know, disengaged because we've got, you know, everything. I mean, compared to how most people have lived on this planet throughout the history of the world, we have it relatively relatively nice you know we've got what amounts to luxuries and again i'm not your your situation personally can be very difficult you may be dealing with death or divorce or sickness or loss of a job financial struggles those are real things i'm not minimizing that i'm just saying that they're in comparison to the history of the world most people most people lived under oppression and poverty and sickness and disease and, and struggles like that, that while we certainly have those today, we have them maybe further down the, you know, the, 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 the path of life. We're not, you know, the old age isn't 40 anymore like it once was. You know, there's been all sorts of improvements in, in medicine and healthcare, COVID notwithstanding here with some of the stupid junk we were told along the way and the junk science that people are still standing up beside. But the point is, is that we have it good. We've been Americans, too many of us have been disengaged or apathetic or what have you. And now we look up and there's a group of people that have totally not just rejected ideas. They've rejected more than an idea. They've rejected the basic concept that there even is such a thing as truth. We could talk about postmodernism or whatever you want to call this. But the bottom line is that's the world that we are dealing with. And I think we have to be aware of that. So. Timeout is in order, my friends. Continue this conversation when we get back. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. For those of you listening here in Metro Indianapolis, Central Indiana, I wanted to let you know this program brought to you in part by our friends at Collins Cleaning Service. Collins Cleaning Service is a woman-owned business here in central Indiana that's dedicated to cleaning up both Indiana homes and businesses. 
if you could use some help cleaning your home, your business, encourage you to, con- uh, to to reach out to Collins Cleaning Service, 765-639-8504. Let Collins Cleaning Service do your dirty work. So let's get back here to this issue at hand about about truth. I think that this is very important for us to understand here today. And I want to, you know, there's there's a lot of, I, I said that we were going to talk about Leah Thomas. And I think that's what we'll do first. It's, it's bigger than that, though. It's bigger than that. But this is the one that I think is is front and center. And let's start by, I had a, I had a friend uh, who likes to have what I call Facebook face-offs on, uh, on, well, on Facebook. And I saw this yesterday. He had posted it from someone else named Amy. Um, trying to give credit here without, you know, I don't like to share full names on here as well, but she was writing something about this Leah, Th- uh, Leah Thomas situation. Again, this is the biological male swimmer who is now competing with and obliterating, demolishing athletes who are female in women's NCAA swimming events. Amy writes this, The cut and dry issue is this. Fair sport does not allow someone in Group A to compete in Group B when someone uh, when groups uh, Group B's category was specifically separated and created based on the extreme physiological advantage of Group A. And she lists some examples, 18-year-olds versus 12-year-olds, Olympian versus Paralympics, Major League Baseball player versus Little League, so on and so forth. She writes, fair sport does not allow any athlete to cross over to a disadvantaged category on the basis of identity because identity is not the basis for the separation. Different sport categories were created to allow fair access to success and opportunity and are based on extremely different natural ranges of physiological advantage slash disadvantage. And she's right on that. I mean, to say, it's it's just remarkable to me. It It's considered hate speech. It's considered just um, to be worthy of being banned on social media if you say that men have certain physiological advantages over over women. By the way, there are there are physical advantages that women have over men as well. But if we're talking about sports that typically typically rely upon things like size and speed and strength, especially upper body strength, I mean I would suggest that if someone cannot admit that, they are, I wouldn't suggest, I would outright say that they are at war with this idea that there is something called truth. That is a truth. Of course, you'll find examples of women who are better than most men or a lot of men. I mean, for example, she, this uh, Amy, whose post I'm reading part of here, she references Allison Felix, who run who was running. I don't know. I think she may have retired now. I'm not sure. But she ran 200 and 400 events. Um, I couldn't beat. <laughs> I couldn't beat Allison 
Felix. But there's a lot of people who can, who are men, high school boys, actually. In fact, she said in this post here, Alex, uh, Allison Felix's 200-meter American high school record, which was set in 2003, was beaten by twenty almost, almost 2,500 boys last year. She says, are you okay if the basically the 2,500, 200-meter boy had transitioned to female and now had one of the longest standing records in their name? So the, we're at a point where people simply deny deny truth. They just... They just deny truth. And I maintain that it's even deeper than that. I think the reason that the folks who are organizing these sorts of things, um, who are coordinating these sorts of movements that are, create, you know, honestly, just they don't make any sense. They, they violate logic and reason and sense. And I don't mean to step on anybody's toes here. I have no personal animosity uh, towards... Leah Thomas here. That's that's not even the point. Um, the point here is that what's being sacrificed in the process is is truth, and this is crazy talk. Is what this is. This is absolutely crazy to really engage in this. I mean, the evidence is right there for anyone to see that there is an obvious huge advantage for men in these particular sports. Over women, it doesn't make men better. It makes men generally better at these events. That's all it means. That's all that it means. And there's always exceptions to the rules, but in general, this is this is a true statement. She continues here: We can respect and honor the identity of trans girls, women, and still defend the integrity of fair sports. The non-inclusion narrative needs to be changed to the simple fact that trans females are blessed with a physiological advantage extreme enough to have warranted a separate category in sports. Do we tell trans females the hurtful lie that they can't cross category lines because they are anti-LGBT victims? Or do we tell them that it's because they are fortunate enough to possess a physical advantage that makes it unfair for them to compete against cis women? This is not hate. This is fair sport. Crossing category lines is not cheating. In sport is cheating. I'm not going to read this whole thing. The point is, she articulates the reasons here. But my, <laughs> I think what's more important here is to understand that there's a growing number of people that logic and sense and sound argument and reason, they don't care. You've heard me say on this program before, I didn't come up with this. I got to find the actual person who said this because I think it's brilliant. The mind will justify what the heart desires. And I think those who are coordinating these sorts of movements, they are interested in there being no truth. Because truth has this way of making itself known even when we don't want to accept it, even when we don't want to admit it, even when we don't fully want to embrace it. I think to some degree we've all experienced this in some little way in our lives, having to come to grips with the fact that we weren't good enough for, I don't know, a certain team or promotion or what, whatever, or, or trying to excuse behavior that we wanted to do, you know, something that we wanted that violated some moral code, our conscience. I mean, these things are unavoidable and it's unavoidable to those who are pushing these things too. 
And they've concluded, they've concluded ultimately the only way that they, the only world they want to live in is a place that rejects the idea that there's any such thing as truth because truth holds them accountable. Truth makes them have to give an account. Truth makes them have to hear opinions that they don't want to have anything to do with. They don't want to be, I say forced. It's not really forced, but they don't want to be faced with the reality that there are people, no matter how much they try to intimidate us, who are going to refuse to go along with this nonsense. And we'd better, my friends, we'd better not go along with this stuff because this this has no end. This will not stop. There is This is not the last battle where everyone says, okay, now everything's equal. Let's go along with their lives. Absol- if, we've, <laughs> if we've learned anything, it should be that those who are running the radical leftist movement, the godless radical left, you know, people that are pushing this agenda on us, they are never going to be satisfied until truth, until we have 1984 in real life, the book 1984, they are not going to be satisfied. They want, ultimately want a world that's void of this, of, of morality, of God. They want to be able to live in accordance with their wants ambitions without any sort of parameters whatsoever. And if they can get different people along the way, appeal to different groups to say, hey, we're not going to force you to believe this truth. And really, you can compensate me or you can pay me back down the line that when I have to be held accountable for something, some truth that I'm violating, if you pass it back to me and say, I don't have to be held accountable for that either. That's, I think, what's really going on here. I think that that's the motivation. It forces people to look at reality, morality, right and wrong, and they they stand condemned. I I don't know how else to say it. I they stand condemned by their conscience. There's no escaping it. And so the next best thing is to have a is to create a world where there is no truth. There is no right or wrong. Where no one else says anything to me. When and I'm not. I'm not arguing for judgmentalism. I'm just saying that there are things that we can do that should get people to say, why the world did you do that? (laughs) Right? Not in some judgmental way, but in some loving kind of smack you across the head, get you back on the path sort of thing. And we're losing that, I would say, quicker than ever with technology and the rate at which these things are accepted and pushed along in a society. I'm really long in this segment, my friends. Sit tight. Next one's going to be short. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. And I said that this segment's going to be short. I'm going to have to stand by that as much as I don't want, as much as I don't want to do that. But this this battle that we're facing, yes, it's it's true. It's true that. A lot of our battles are rooted in culture and worldview. I'm not diminishing that, but I think it's even a step further back than that. I think that the battles that we are facing today in this country are actually rooted in this fight over truth. And you could say a battle of worldviews is a battle of truth, and I would agree with that. But when I say a battle over truth, I don't I don't mean two 
different ways to try to understand truth. I mean, one way to try to understand truth versus another way that's designed to deny truth, to absolutely deny truth. And it's it's insidious. It's everywhere we look, and you're called a bigot. You're called a racist, sexist, anti-trans. If you, if you simply point out that some of these things, many of these things we're being told do not conform with truth, are not logically supported, are not something that you can get behind. They're things that you don't want your kids taught. You're called these things. Your grandkids caught, taught. You're called these, these evil names. You're identified as the, the problem. And this causes many people to say, you know what? I'm done. I'm done with, I'm, <laughs> I'm done with these fights. I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to live my life. I'm going to try to make it as as pleasant as possible, try to live out my days with a smile on my face. And I just, that's, that's dangerous too, because that's, that's acknowledging that it's going to, our children are going to pay the price, our grandchildren. At some point in time, we cannot continue down this path indefinitely and expect there never to be consequences for even the people who do stand up and live in accordance with truth. This will be ultimately at some point on the timeline of history, the downfall of this nation, if we don't do something about it. We're the ones that have the opportunity. We're the ones that have the chance. We'd better get to business really quickly because the other side simply does not sleep. They are insatiable. Government is their God. Government is their tool by which they can force force people to accept force people to accept and adhere to and and even praise praise their particular worldview. I don't do that. You don't do that. I don't demand that someone not be able to criticize me, right? I might jokingly say it. I might say, oh my goodness, you're anti-Christian, anti-conservative, anti-man if you criticize me. That's what they do though. That's what you do when you don't have a leg to stand on from an argumentative position, from a uh, from from winning the argument. That's what you do when you know you can't win. You try to demonize and silence your opposition. So, And that's what they've done. That's what they've effectively done using all sorts of tools from social media to government to just societal pressures to big business, woke big business, the NCAA, the NFL, you name it. They're good at it. You got to give them credit. But no matter how many allies they get on their side, no matter how many sources of pressure they create in your life, the truth is not on their side, my friend. And truth is the most powerful force that we have today. I wish we would use, uh, learn to use it better. Quick time out. Come back and continue with the time we have left. Sit tight, my friends. Back here in just a minute. <laughs> I think you'd be hard-pressed, actually I know you'd be, to find an example of an issue that we face today in today's news cycle narrative and politics in general. I think we'd be, you'd be hard-pressed to find a topic that's not, at least partially, if not completely, based upon the radical left's complete denial of truth. I mean, you could cite economics, 
the science, dare I say, of economics. You could talk about the concept of liberty. You could even talk about how they've suddenly shifted. We've done this in some to some degree in the past from talking about liberty and freedom here in this country to talking just about democracy. Of course, democracy is good, but liberty and protecting the rights of those in the minority is also paramount, and that gets ignored today because they like the idea of training people to think in terms of what is what the majority says is how we have to live our lives, especially if they think they've got the majority of people prepared to reject this concept of truth. We've got a battle over what government really is, the role of government, whether government is God. We've got this debate over gender. We had this four plus, five plus, six plus years of Russian collusion, right? Not rooted anything in truth. We talked about Hunter Biden's laptop, 51 former spies that talked about this being Russia propaganda, foreign intelligence trying to interfere in U.S. elections. That can't be true. It's just way too convenient right here before the election. Trump in January 6th, the big lie, insurrection, World Economic Forum, the Great Reset. We got big tech and censorship. We got fact checkers that wouldn't know a fact if it smacked them upside the head. We've got basically every major media outlet. We've got the uh, misinformation on abortion. Basically, everywhere Project Veritas sends a pro- an undercover journalist, we have a war on truth. Climate change, right, and the way that they're going to use climate change, the way that they've used government to deal with the issue of COVID, American history in general, things like the 1619 Project, things like critical race theory, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, guns, the border Gas prices, big woke corporations. Folks, it's everywhere. It's insidious. It's truly insidious. The battle, the war over truth is really what's being waged in this country today from an ideological and uh, political perspective. And I've got to take a break. Come back and wrap up for the day. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. The real battle, the real battle war that's being waged in this country. Yes, it is ideological. Yes, it is about worldview. Yes, it finds its way into politics, but it starts upstream from those things. And I would contend, as I have this entire program, that it is rooted in, based in this basic war, war on truth, this war on truth. And we have to engage in it. We have to win it because it's not you – know, a lot of people get caught up in this stuff. They've, they've been deceived. They've been tricked. They've been hoodwinked, whatever we want to call it. They don't necessarily have the same motives of the, as the leaders of this movement, of the radical, godless left. But anyway, music's telling me it's time to wrap up. Got to go, folks. Have a great day. SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care.